And joining us for our daily news briefing here in the studio is t r e m i d a Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We begin, as always, with a COVID-19 update. So, as we know, the big announcement from the government is they're going to ease some of the social distancing rules, especially here in Seoul, which have been quite strict for a while because the worst uh, outbreak have occurred in the metropolitan area. Uh, But we are now down to a level 2.0. We still have the ban on uh, gatherings of five people. However, um, the good news is we have seen these cases slow down, at least through the holiday period. We'll see what the effects of uh, all the Lunar New Year's gatherings have been uh, in this week ahead. But we are down to the 300 range uh, as it stands right now. Could you give us an update on the specific numbers, please? Sure. The country reported 344 new COVID-19 cases yesterday, including 323 local infections, bringing the total caseload to 83,869. The number of new cases has stayed in the 300 range for three days in a row since Saturday, probably partly because of the fewer tests being carried out during the Lunar New Year holiday. And there were five more deaths reported yesterday, raising the total to 1,527. As of 9 p.m. yesterday, the country added 412 more new cases, 86 more than the same time on Sunday. Now, so we're trying to slow down the spread and the long-term solution to that, um, most people believe, would be uh, a mass vaccination program. Korea will be officially beginning their vaccinations at the end of this month, February 26. uh, But there have been now some slight adjustments made to the priority list, namely because the, the first vaccine that has been approved and to be officially rolled out here is the AstraZeneca vaccine. And there have been some concerns expressed over um, the safety of this vaccine to people uh, in the elderly age group, basically 65 and older. Could you give us more details? Yes, the Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency, uh, or KDCA, announced some revised details of its first stage vaccination plan and said the AstraZeneca vaccine will not be used on those aged 65 and over for the time being because there is not sufficient evidence on the efficacy of the vaccines for this age group. And the KDCA chief Jung u n g y u n g said uh, that it is really regrettable that they have to put off the vaccination of some older people at high-risk facilities, but they will set another date for them once they have additional clinical data that could prove the effectiveness of the vaccine in the elderly. That means that around 272,000 residents and staff members in nursing homes and long-term care facilities under the age of 65 will be given the first shots of the AstraZeneca vaccines. That is about 42% of the total 650,000 residents and workers at those high-risk facilities designated as a priority group. And she emphasized that there are just little uh, tweaks on vaccination plans for February and March. So uh, the revised plan will not affect the country's overall goal to have herd immunity by November. Right. And so this is a touch-and-go situation where Uh, Just because of the science, we're largely relying on media reports, which is what has caused the public concern, Mm -hmm. is that the government could have gone the other way uh, Mm -hmm. with this and decided to allow um, the vaccinations to roll out to that elderly 65 and older population. But 
I think more so than the science of the dangers, because we've heard enough um, uh, expert reporting that um, there might be some concerns out there, but Mm -hmm. uh, by and large, they believe that it should be safe, is that if they decided to allow this for the elderly, that might have caused another big backlash. And we know that there is enough skepticism with vaccines that you Mm -hmm. don't want to cause more concerns over this. So they made this decision to hold off on the use for elderly people in the general population, at least. The question then is, it's a math question, right? You have a set number of vaccines, 750,000 apparently in the first batch. Mm -hmm. If if it's not going to go to the elderly, it should go somewhere because we do want to vaccine Mm -hmm. enough people, especially if we have the supply. Uh, Who gets to receive the remaining doses? Uh, Before we move on the next priority group, uh, some 354,000 medical staff at general hospitals will get the AstraZeneca shots starting March 8, and some 78,000 other COVID-19 workers, including paramedics, contact tracers, and quarantine officials, will be the next to receive the shots. And then the country will have the Pfizer vaccine to be delivered through the COVAX facility in late February or early March. And the first batch of the Pfizer vaccines will go to some 55,000 frontline medical staff treating COVID-19 patients. The KDCA chief, Jung Eun-kyung, said the health authorities will make sure uh, those aged uh, 65 and over can be inoculated no later than the second quarter. One aspect of this, and we mentioned the media reporting, is that, um, yes, uh, I think it's the media's job to ask questions and to to raise concerns should they be warranted. But if you go overboard in terms of the mass creating some sort of almost panic type situation, it could be a detrimental effect. And so one thing is, yes, you should cite that there have been some concerns as to maybe uh, slight risks to people who take the AstraZeneca vaccine. But it, if, if the result is now that nobody wants to get the vaccine, mm-hmm, that's yeah. going to be a very mm-hmm. difficult situation. I've heard reports that the uh, Yoyang Pyongwans, mm-hmm. the elderly in those populations, they're actually supposed to get those vaccines mm-hmm. anyways right mm-hmm. now because they are the, the first prior group after the medical, as you cited. Um, There are reports that a lot of the relatives of those elderly in the nursing homes are saying, we don't want you to let you take those vaccines. But then the problem there is that because those are such high-risk centers and once an outbreak Mm -hmm. spreads there with the vulnerable population, it is much more higher risk of fatalities that uh, the safer thing to do would be to take the vaccine. Again, it Mm -hmm. is a result of sort of the fear-mongering that has gone on with vaccines mm-hmm. in general, but uh, specifically with AstraZeneca. So hopefully we can all be a little bit more level-headed with this, rightly be concerned with the science, but at the same time also kind of realize that um, uh, some of these risks may be a little bit more, uh, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. exaggerated. Let's talk about then the COVID relief funds. That's been an ongoing debate right now. And uh, interestingly, um, there is a consensus that you need to give help to, especially these businesses that have been forced to shut down, not their fault, but because of the pandemic, they've had to curtail their business operations. So we have a fourth round of relief funds that the government and the ruling party are planning over. Now, interestingly, because of the votes in the National Assembly, they can pass the package that they want to pass, but it's not really the conservative opposition that's the problem. It's really a dispute that we're seeing between the ruling party, which Mm -hmm. wants a more generous package, and the government, which wants to, I guess, be a little bit more um, frugal in their spending, right? That's right. The government and the ruling party have decided to give out the fourth round of emergency COVID-19 relief funds selectively, as opposed to the previous plans for both targeted and universal handouts. 
But the packages uh, would become much broader and bigger to cover as many victims as possible. And first of all, those small street merchants that were excluded from the third round of relief aid are likely to be included this time. And the maximum limit of 3 million won per person would also be raised to 5 million won. The ruling party is reportedly seeking a budget scale as high as 15 trillion won, uh, which is 10 trillion won more than the sum 4 trillion won that, uh, that went into uh, funding the third round of relief funds. The ruling Democratic Party chairman Lee na told reporters yesterday that he gave the government homework to come up with ways to minimize the blind spots in the relief program in order to determine uh, detailed coverage and funding scale. And those who are in the blind spots could include street vendor merchants, the so-called platform workers like delivery workers, and those who have just started uh, new small businesses, according to Lee. And Democratic Party floor leader Kim Tae-yeon, he said that the party will keep discussing on a universal handouts while they uh, continue to monitor how the COVID-19 situation becomes stabilized after first uh, deliberating on a selective program to give targeted support to the hardest-hit business owners as soon as possible. The government and the ruling party is also considering uh, giving job retention support funds to small business owners who are not covered by the state employment insurance program. So what you are explaining right now is the blind spots that have occurred as uh, some of the payouts before have not gone to people who really desperately mm-hmm. need it. But because of some of the loopholes there, they couldn't get it. The platform delivery workers, for example, or some of these uh, new small businesses. The ruling party's point is if you make this universal, then you don't have to worry about the blind spots. And then later on, maybe you can receive some of the money back from those who didn't need the money Mm -hmm. through some taxation calculation. The government is saying... We just can't afford to spend this right now, and we just—it's just irresponsible to keep this spending rate at it as it is. And they look like they are uh, very uh, skeptical right now for this uh, so-called "sunshil boom," right—the mm-hmm. the, the um, uh, insurance uh, act that would compensate some of these small businesses from the past losses that they have mm-hmm. occurred. So that problem here shows that the government and the ruling party, as you say, they gave homework. It <laughs> basically <laughs> means go back and give oh, us yeah. more money. And so whether they can come to an agreement or not remains to be seen. But it looks like they are going to push for something. And there's an agreement that it looks like it's going to have to be needs-based for now. But something will be done. And that should be given out in March, I believe, mm-hmm. is the timetable, which would be ahead of the big by-elections, which uh-huh. would affect, and that's why the opposition is already, uh, mm-hmm. already angry about this, because they feel that there is some political motivations to giving this out before the elections in April. Let's get an update on the mayoral races then in Seoul here, um, Bida. There was a recent poll that took place. There's actually a bunch of polls that took place over mm-hmm. the uh, halal holidays, but we particularly want to point out the one by uh, Real Meter. They asked people who would be the most suitable candidate to become the next mayor of uh, Seoul and released those results yesterday. Uh, caveat, uh, these were um, all the candidates that we know of so far, the major ones, and so it's not a uh, one-on-one type of race, would have mm-hmm. a different uh, di- um, dynamic. Interesting results. So uh, who is in the lead? 
Uh, Realmeter asked 1,005 Seoul citizens over the weekend who they think would be the best fit for the job at the request of MBC's popular TV debate show, uh, 100 Minute Debate, 100분 토론, and former SMEs and startups minister Park Young Sun is leading the poll with a 32.2% vote. The minor opposition People's Party chairman An Chol-su came second with 23.3%, followed by former main opposition People's Party, uh, Party floor leader Na Kyung-won with 16.5%, a ruling party candidate Oo Sang-woo with 7.6%, and former Seoul mayor Oo Se-hoon with 7%. And when asked about the meaning and purpose of this by-election, 49.8%, almost 50% say they should support the main opposition to hold the ruling party responsible, while uh, about 43% say they will vote for the ruling party to support the government to better handle the state affairs. And as for the most imminent problem uh, for the next Seoul mayor to deal with, Housing market stabilization comes first with almost 37% vote, followed by job creation and economic revitalization with 30%, and virus control measures with 15.4%. Well, a couple of interesting things pop out at you here is uh, one thing you clearly see is that if this is not a a unified candidacy among the opposition, uh, Park Young-sun does certainly have an advantage. Mm -hmm. The second trend you do notice is that it's very slight, but it does seem like there's slightly more momentum now going towards the ruling party because Park Young-sun is maintaining a lead and it seems like there's a slight drop-off of support for mm-hmm. Anto Su. Even the, um, uh, the support of which party should be in charge, you decided how 49 said uh, opposition, 43 said the ruling party. Yeah. That gap has also narrowed a bit mm-hmm. uh, from previous polls. And it also interestingly shows that um, even Wu Sang-ho, who's not really considered to be um, strongly competing yet with Park Yang-sun, he has moved ahead of Oh Se-hoon, which um, Mm -hmm. is a result of maybe Oh Se-hoon's faux pas, but at the same time also a little bit more support for Mm -hmm. the ruling party. It all goes back down to, um, to the issue is that if the opposition wants to win and they this is the, their race to win because uh, they have momentum. And as you say, there's been some dissatisfaction with housing market and some of the other uh, issues that maybe the ruling party is at a disadvantage. They need to have a unified candidate uh, to go up against, let's say, hypothetically, Park Young-sun. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get that unified candidacy? Um, they're going to have to come to an agreement, but... Even on the mini unifications, they seem to be having some problems. Uh So it's getting complicated. Give us an update on the so-called third-wave candidates and the uh, dispute between Anchosu and Kumtesop. Yes, there is a talk of war between Anchosu and Kumtesop, who have agreed to form the so-called Third Zone Alliance uh, on their first TV debate that was supposed to be held yesterday. But the two canceled the original schedule after failing to narrow their differences on how the debate will proceed. An independent former lawmaker, Kim Tae-sop, said he wanted to have a, have a sort of freewheeling-style debate without predetermined topics or questions, but An Chol-su disagreed. But the two uh, reached a compromise yesterday 
and rescheduled the debate on this coming Thursday. Meanwhile, the main opposition PPP interim leader Kim Jong-in said that the debate should be made as fair as possible, not to favor some particular candidates. And regarding An Chul-soo's proposal to form a coalition government, uh, and, and despite Na Kyung-won, Oh Se-hoon, and Kim Tae-sup's positive response, Kim Jong-in uh, dismissed the idea, saying that it is not worth talking because it is not a realistic idea. Right. So among that crowd, you can uh, tell which uh, individual is the one that really does not want to see An Chul-soo become the mm-hmm. candidate for the president, <laughs> the one that did not agree uh, to that coalition Uh, government. So it's going to be interesting to see how the opposition uh, continues to try to find some kind of common ground here to field one candidate for the race. Another wrinkle to this may be these um, recent allegations that have come forward. And this this time around is not something bad for the ruling side, but something from uh, that would be uh, pretty damaging to the opposition parties, especially because of the remembrances of, well, if the conservative side... um, takes power again, this is the kind of thing that happens. And we're talking about the mm-hmm. allegations of illegal surveillance that occurred during the Lee Myung-bak administration. Chairman of the uh, ruling party, Lee Na-yeon, uh, pledged to probe deeper into these allegations. This was on a wide scale. We're talking over a thousand people. You'll give us uh, mm-hmm. details. But uh, a lot of criticism and perhaps um, maybe some effect in the mayoral races, which the opposition is complaining now is, again, saying this is politically motivated, right? That's right. Uh, Democratic Party Chairman Lee na said during the party's high-level meeting yesterday that it is shocking to know that there was a surveillance document in 2009 under the Lee Myung-bak administration on around 1,000 people, including entire 299 lawmakers at the time, as well as some key legal figures, journalists, and civic group figures. And according to Lee na uh, the document said Chongwade actually ordered the surveillance and he had the National Intelligence Service be in charge of managing the files. He said they can't just overlook what has happened, even uh, though it is a long time ago, and they will get to the bottom of this thing. The main opposition criticized the move as politically motivated to attack uh, PPP candidate Park Kyung-jun, who is leading the Busan mayoral race, because he was Lee Myung-bak's former political secretary. But Lee Na-kyun said it is such a serious violation against pri- privacy and democracy that it cannot be re- re- ignored, regardless of whether there is an election coming or not. Yeah, and so um, a lot of people certainly are dismayed by Uh, these accusations. We do have finally some good news uh, for our last story here, Mita, uh, especially if you were not protected under the state employment insurance program. The government now has approved uh, an expansion of the coverage uh, to some special employment types, such as delivery workers. Yes. The Ministry of Labor and Employment announced yesterday that it approved a plan to strengthen protection of certain workers who have been excluded from the employment insurance program. And under the revised plan, 11 types of jobs under special employment contracts, such as insurance salespeople, in-home tutors, delivery workers, credit card recruiters, and door-to-door salespeople will be covered by the state employment insurance starting this July. 
and quick delivery workers and chauffeurs or designated drivers will be eligible from January next year when the new employment requirements on platform service providers take effect. And golf caddies were unfortunately not included this time, but the labor ministry said they could be eligible after next year once they come up with a scheme to identify their income. Yeah, through this pandemic, you really find that there are so, so many unique pockets of society mm-hmm. and people doing such unique type of things. And again, we talked about the blind spots, but uh, I know a lot of uh, debate still going about it, but the real solution to Avoiding the blind spots is just to have a universal yeah. uh, program out here. But uh, again, it's still uh, something to be discussed. Bida, as always, thank you so much. Uh, always appreciate the hard work and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you.